You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. All right, welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. My guest today was an Ironman athlete, a genetics research communications professional. She built a successful education-focused nonprofit for vulnerable kids in Kenya with her mom. She also started and runs a life and wellness coaching practice, and she's a wife and mom of two boys, as well as a ballroom dancer. Is there anything you don't do? I'm excited to introduce Alex Howard to the show. Alex, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Kevin, for for inviting me. And uh, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. When you first reached out, um, you mentioned about the word resilience. Obviously, this show is called Resilient Humans. What got you started in the the, the field, I guess, of resiliency? What what started the, the whole process for you? Um, mm, good question. I think um, you know, resilience. Resilience for me, I think I probably started quite early on um, without knowing it. Uh, I I think that it's evolved. The experience of resilience has certainly evolved for me, but I do feel like it has taken on a slightly different definition, perhaps in the last decade, perhaps, um, which I find I've been finding very curious and interesting. Um, so, you know, I used to do a lot of you know, long distance type of athletic pursuits. And it was like this resilience for me was this kind of this withstanding and the tolerating and like kind of going for it and just getting through it and, you know, moving through it. And, um, and it, and it was great and it served me. And I, and I, you know, I love that experience. Um, as I, as I moved as I got older um, and life threw me a few curveballs, um, you know, resilience, resilience kind of took on a different, a different flavor. And for me, it was a bit more um, of a learning how to bounce in. You know, we, we often talk about resilience being this bouncing back. And of late, I've I've been I've been very curious about that language, because I I I, I ask I was asking myself bounce bounce back to where and to what, and so for me it was a more of a of a learning how to bounce in, and I and I recognize that um, in the past, in my pursuits, I don't know if I was bouncing in. I don't know if I was really feeling all the feels and I was really like engaged with the actual process itself. Perhaps I was more kind of like, get me to the end, get me to the finish line, <laughs> like how much longer, you know, I was more outcome focused perhaps. Um, and, and of late, I've really learned the, you know, how to, how to build the experience or create the experience of, of, of bouncing in. And what I mean by that then is more of a, of a surrender, a surrender to the, to the 
to the struggle and a letting be of it and, and a skillful of a more of a skillful um, responding to what's arising in, in any given moment. So it's more of a heightened awareness perhaps um, of the process. And I've, you know, I've, I've just enjoyed, I find that a lot more um, calming. It's a more calming and more, um, it's not easy because you're still feeling the discomfort, but for right. me, this is really that, it's it's the ability to be with exactly as it is, not wanting it to be different, not wishing it to be different, not hoping, you know, that it's going to end soon. Like it's just this radical presence and being with. Um, and and to me, that's that's the pro that to me, that's that's the experience of of resilience and and how I have um, been training myself to uh, to be in relationship with it. I like you've you've said this word multiple times, but the word curious and, and curiosity. I really mm -hmm. I want to time. And if you didn't have that sense of curiosity, you may have been, you know, stuck in a very rigid view of that or, or have an idea of what that is. Um, so can you, can you dive into that? What, how does curiosity play into your experience? Curiosity is the doorway to um, aliveness, to, to, to awareness. Like you can't, so you, you know, you're either curious or you're in judgment. It's one or the other. It's a light switch. And, you know, when you, when you're curious, you can't be in judgment. And, you know, I love that when I, when I first came into, into relationship with that, I was like, what? I, <laughs> I, I, I thought that that was so profound. And then when I applied it into my everyday life, I was like, gosh, it's true. When you turn everything into a question, when everything becomes an inquiry, all of a sudden there is no judgment. There's no meaning that you make of anything. You're just simply in the inquiry. And so right there is a surrender. You, there's nothing to rub up against. Like you're not in resistance. It's like everything's just a question. So, you know, learning how to, how to question, how to ask the right questions is such a powerful skill. And when you can do that well, and when you can, and when you can understand when to ask the questions, um, I think that that is the doorway, one hundred percent. And curiosity just it it opens the it 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 activates the seeking mind, right? The seeking brain, and we just it's it's like it's the most alive form of being where you can, you know, be in, in curiosity. And I think we're losing that, um, as a skill, as a core skill. Um, and, and that's something that is driving the work that I do in many different ways. But, um, for, so curiosity for me was something that I never, that, that word when I was younger, even like a decade ago, 
I mean, I had to really build a relationship with that word and, and, and really learn how to, how to apply that into my everyday life. You watched uh, Ted Lasso at all? You know what? I have not watched oh Ted Lasso. Oh, okay, know. listen. I've not there's, watched it yet. There's one scene. So everything you just said, there's one scene where he's in a bar and he's playing darts against a, a guy. And it's like this bet. And they, they talk. That's the entire kind of premise of the conversation is curiosity. Because You know, a lot of people underestimated me my whole life. Not a single one of them were curious. Like, hey, hey, Ted, you play a lot of darts when you were younger, and he yep. goes on and he nails bullseye. Like, it's crazy. So, anyway, you gotta watch. If if you just watch that scene, I think you'll relate very well to it. But that whole the whole show is amazing. It makes me. It really brought out that curious nature because that's what the character of Ted Lasso is. He's he's just curious. He doesn't have all the answers, and he knows that. But if he asks the right questions and asks it to the right people at the right time, then you can get get out of it what what you want. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you know the expectations, the rigidity, the chaos that we can that we can throw ourselves in when this monkey brain just starts to go haywire and it it doesn't know where to to, to anchor. It just starts to, you know, it's like there's so many thoughts, so much meaning. You're problem solving all the time. It's just too much. And like your white white knuckling life. It's hard to <laughs> you can't hang on that long. I mean, like what? so you know, it makes it makes sense. And so curiosity is the antidote. Um, and it brings us back into the resourcefulness um, you know, of our bodies and of, you know, and, and I think that's really um it's really powerful because you know, that's you know, curiosity is 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 also conduit to our own wisdom, right? That's where where we can connect into our intuition and into our gut and to our instincts like that's it's it's the gateway it's a conduit right and so um when we switch off curiosity there is we we know it all like we might as well just you know forget about it like we're all knowing we're all you know <laughs> like, there is nothing left to learn because we know it all and we can solve it all and we can um you know make meaning of it all and you know, and that's where we start to get into trouble, right? And uh, and where also we become quite isolated, and we no longer, you know, the 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 kind of the 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 highways for connection they get broken because, like I, I if I knew it all and I thought, well, I'm I'm good, I know what I I know what I know, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now, right? Like we wouldn't be in conversation, we wouldn't be sharing and going, hey, like that's interesting what you just said. I didn't think of it that way. Wow. Cool. So it's, it's a really beautiful word to start with, I think for anybody listening, like it's just such a great word to just even understand what your relationship is with that word. You know, like when that word, when I say curiosity, what do I, what, 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 what do I conjure up? What comes up? What does that mean to me right now? So that's fascinating. So right now, the image that comes into my head is a detective with a, a like a magnifying glass, and they're kind of look, looking around. I'm, I'm not sure why. Like I don't have any 
real association with being a detective or I don't know any detectives, but that's the image that came to mind. I'm interesting, interested to find out what's the image of curiosity for you. What does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, when you said that, you know, the detective coming up, there's some part of you perhaps, and me too, if that was, if that's what conjured up, that's like, I need to find something. I'm, I'm, I'm in curiosity because I need to solve something. There's there, I need to get to the bottom of something. And I think that's just part of how we're wired, right? We just, we always want to get to the bottom of something. And until we, you know, we get there, we're not satisfied. It's this sort of false pursuit, you know, but at the same time, it's like, so curiosity, I think when I think about, about that, it's, it's almost like, it's like a deep stillness for me. It's almost like I'm just, I'm just, it's quiet and it's still, and I'm not moving. I'm actually just, I'm just, it's, it's very peaceful curiosity for me. It's, it's, it's not a a state of, of striving or needing to get anywhere. It's, it's a state of, of, of like vital being for me, curiosity and how I've developed my relationship with it. And I can pop out of that pretty quickly, (laughs) you know, like I think as high performers and, you know, people who are always kind of on that, on that, in that lane, like going for it, like, it's really hard, um, for people like us to kind of stay in that kind of still and quiet and, you know, in that, in that lane. Um, but, but I, you know, I mean, I've, I've been practicing for a while now. Um, I have great teachers and mentors. Uh, and so, you know, this is something that I, that I have been, you know, intentionally, um, training for a while and so I know when I'm not in curiosity and and when I'm in in the other lanes um so that's interesting as well because I have a, a pretty strong sense and it's not a men- it's not a mind thing it's not something like oh I'm it's a body thing I, I can feel when I'm when I'm in it and when I'm not so as you were talking I was just thinking of other instances where I'm just being curious with no end goal in mind. And that's if I'm in a cold tub, I'm just curious, like, Oh, I know it's a lot of noticing. That's, that's what I've, I guess I've, I've figured that out. I'm just, hmm, I'm noticing that I'm breathing this way. I'm noticing that I'm not shivering anymore. And it's just neat. That's neat. I'm not doing anything about it, but it's kind of neat to, to observe. And then the same thing in like in CrossFit workouts, like I can really tune in and figure out what's how's my body reacting to this that's that's fascinating anyway that's just kind of where my mind went it's just it's more about tuning in than tuning out exactly bouncing in this is my point the bouncing in it's like a deep it's a state of non-doing really curiosity is a state of non-doing you do not you're not doing anything doing anything right and so and and it's a very interesting thing because you know we as a culture are are really you know we've really subscribed to like a non-stop hustle culture like this is this is the thing like it's a 24 7 pursuit i blame and, gary vaynerchuk the hustle yeah. culture damn him 
oh, it's all culture, you know, and it's like, go, 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 go. You be it all, you do it all. You're just, you're on this, you know, you're going, going, going. And that's what makes you, you know, successful. And, and, and I noticed that um, curiosity is not like, there's no hero cookie coming your way. Like, it, you know, it's like, it's actually like when people are like really curious, it's sometimes you're like, okay, are you going to go do something with your life? <laughs> Like, what are you doing? How many more questions do you need to ask? Like, seriously, are you okay now? Can we just end this whole question thing? <laughs> Can you go do something now? So we're just obsessed with doing, you know, it's a doing culture. And that is what is, oh, wow, you're doing, wow, you're doing that. You're doing that. You're doing, that's where we get our sense of, you know, where we get validated externally, right? Where things, where we feel like we're, we're someone and we're getting somewhere. Um, and, and then, you know, others compare themselves to us or we compare ourselves to others. Like it's, it's, it's a very difficult, um, like it's, it's so important to be able to observe that space and that landscape, um, because you can get really stuck in it and without really knowing how to get out <laughs> and, um, and so this curious state is, is one way to get curious immediately gets you out of that immediately because it's, it's a state of non-doing. You are not doing anything when you're curious. You're simply observing, you're noticing, you're, you're going in, you're, you're being, you know, you're again, radically being with what is and paying attention. I find that useful on so many different aspects. Um, nutrition. I mean, if you tune into your hunger cues, how likely are you to eat less? I mean, if you, if you tune out, which happens, you're sitting in front of the TV, you reach into the bags, the bag of chips. And before you're finished chewing, your hand is already in it. That's tuned out. You're not, you're not tuned into any hunger cues or any cues at all. Um, so yeah, I can see how that's super useful. That's right. And, and what's important about the work that, you know, that I'm doing for myself and for others is that, you know, we run the risk of, of tipping into a, you know, a, 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 a life on autopilot, you know, and our kids too. Right. And that's, that, that terrifies me because, you know, in this, you're just kind of going through the motions. You see it all the time. Like kids are just kind of moving through and, and doing what they got to do. And, and, but the, but vibrancy and joy and like core intrinsic motivation and, you know, that, that vitality that comes from the inside, um, that comes from what we're talking about is being able to connect in and understand what that landscape on the inside looks like and have a relationship with it, be in relationship with it. And we're tipping over to, right, social media, being on, on our phones all the time. Like it's just an autopilot culture, just tick, 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 swipe, swipe, swipe. I mean, we're losing this connection to our bodies, to what's happening here, which is really where all our success is going to be 
driven from <laughs> not here here <laughs> yeah right um and so yeah so that's that's important um to you know to continue sharing that the message and the tools and the techniques and strategies of being able to come back and and practice these things I'm curious about the word aliveness. You you mentioned that earlier on. Can you kind of dive into that and and what does it mean to you? Why is it so important? Yeah. So, I mean, aliveness and um for me is is really it's what we're talking about. Aliveness for me is just being in epic flow. It's it's an ease, it's a flow, it's it's the ability to be with it all right? All the, the range of emotions at any given moment, it's, it's a, it's a core capacity to, to be with it, to feel it, to own it, to claim it, and, and then to do something with it. So, you know, oftentimes, like, I remember times when I used to be, you know, I'd feel really sad, or I would, um, something would would be happening in my life. Um, and and before I really understood about any of this, um, I would be in such resistance. I was like, ah, I don't want that. Like, I just don't want that. I want this. I don't want that. Any of this stuff that's happening inside me, I don't want it. Go away. Right? So I push, 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 push. I didn't know how to be with any of it. It terrified me to be with my sadness and my, you know, resentments and my, all this pain, like anger and all these big emotions. I didn't know how to be with any of it. I just didn't want it. It didn't feel good. It felt like I was going to explode and die. Like I just didn't want it. So I think aliveness is recognizing that you can feel alive in the sadness and in the anger and in all of this when you allow it in you can you know how to be with it so that it doesn't sweep you downstream you're still in the river you're still moving but you can be with it and I know it sounds a little bit like okay Alex like how I mean sure whatever but but truly there is a way that you can do that and you can stay and, and the intensity can be, you know, the intensity shifts, right? The emotional intensity um, can shift, but you can stay in the middle of the river. You don't, you don't drown. You don't get tossed around. You just are able to flow and stay with it. And that to me is you're still able to feel your aliveness. You're still here. You can still, you know, a, you can still, um, you know, appreciate that whatever's happening in that moment, it's for a reason. There's something going on. There's something that's wanting to be communicated. And, and you know, when we develop those skills and those tools to be in relationship with that, you know, we can turn that into something that's really powerful and important. So it's really releasing the resistance um, across the board. And able to just, you know, without too much push or pull, just being in, in the pool. I call it swimming in the pool. <laughs> the, the pool of, of human life. Like we're all in the pool together. There's not one of us that's, you know, different. Like we're all, we all experience 
similarly. And so being able to, to swim in the pool um, and, uh, and feel it all. And that to me is, is alive. Like my dad died, I felt so alive. Not strange, but I was so alive in the intimacy of death. I was alive in the, in the intimacy with him in his transition is I would look at him in the eyes. I would connect with him. I would cry. I would, I was just, there was such an intimacy there. And I felt so alive, like everything, my body was pulsating, vibrating. And I let it all, I let it all flow through me. And it was part of the experience. It was beautiful. That's fascinating. A lot of people strive for perpetual happiness. Mm. Everything has to be good and happy and joyful all the time when we know that's not life. Life isn't happy all the time. And like you said, if you try to resist those other emotions that try to come up, there's going to be a lot of internal conflict. And that's it. It basically burnout. You're burning out from pushing against those other emotions for as long as you do. And so, like you said, being alive through that whole gamut of emotions is is super valuable and yes. a life skill. It's so true. I, I agree. And, you know, for me, you know, at the core of resilience and at the core of aliveness is the power to choose. And I remember choosing, choosing how I was going to be in relationship with my father and with death. I was, it was all a choice. I chose it. It wasn't something that I just did and I rolled down and it was just, you know, like it's a choice. And, and, and the skill is developing that power to choose, right? It's, it's the intentionality. It's being able to say yes and to say no and to use your attention and your, atten- your, your energy, your attention and your time in a way that not just serves you, but serves the collective. And this is, I think, where we sometimes, um, we don't really get it. We, we think that when we're choosing how to use our energy, attention and time in a certain way to serve us, that somehow it's selfish, but it's not. And I, I, I distinctly remember every single day, you know, and when I'm, my father was dying, I remember thinking to myself, Alex, you have a responsibility to you right now, because if you don't, you will not be the best version of you for your, for, for, for dad. And he needs you right now. He needs you. And so what can, what do you need to do today in order to fill your tank? and be the person he needs you to be in this moment. And that was really profound for me because to me, that is compassion. That's the definition of compassion. And I think resilience and compassion are like, there's a direct correlation between the two, right? The more you're able to bounce in the more you're able to be with yourself and and understand what you need when you need it and how you need it and with whom you need it and you develop that capacity the skill of cho- of choosing of really choosing you can be the most kind 
compassionate, loving person. Um, and, and ultimately that's how we generate our sense of, of, of service and worth. And, you know, when we're able to, to, to dish it out and, and be that person that we want to be out in the world. So you and I, we both know how important this is. How do we start talking to our kids about these topics? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge for sure. I think right now, uh, particularly, you know, we're, we're in a pretty, uh, a pretty alarming uh, space right now vis-a-vis -vis our kids uh, and their mental health, um, you know, anxiety and, and, and depression and chronic stress um, are obviously very prevalent. Um, social media and our technology use are through the roof. I mean, there was a, a, a great stat that I read the other, well, not a great stat, it was, but um, over 40% of teenagers are using screen media more than eight hours a day. Um, and this is interesting. That's an increase of 42 minutes every day since 2015. Right? Yeah. So, you know, we, we are, um, <laughs> so attention is being hijacked for our kids. And we need to, we need to kind of, we need to re- we need to bring them back. <laughs> um, their attention is being hijacked, their attention, their, and then obviously their time as a result of that. So for me, um, I think that our kids need to connect back to, they need to build their awareness. They need to rebuild their awareness. We need to connect them back into their bodies. And I feel like I have a I have a a, a beautiful community called Bright Minded, and um, and we do this. We do this in this uh, in this community that I created. Um, and we we have to go back to basics, and we have to connect our kids back to the basics. Um, and the basics really are. Have to connect to their capacity to follow through one thing at a time, right? To their focus, we have to connect them back to downtime, to taking breaks, to connecting these, um, to doing that guilt-free. We have to connect them into um, reflecting, time to reflect, creating time for them to maybe write or to take some, you know breaths, connect them to their breath. Oftentimes they forget they even have breath. We have to connect them to movement. You know, our kids are not moving as much as they should anymore. So connect them back in to their, to their bodies and not just, this is not the exercise. It's just movement, right? It's walking. It's whatever brings pleasure, but just move every day to connect them back to sleeping our sleep, their sleep habits with, with tech, you know, that's another area that's really tough right now. So back to good sleep hygiene and get a good night's rest. So they wake up feeling alive and, and ready uh, for business. We have to connect them back to playtime. That's another area that is, you know, 
we, as we get older and our, our schedules start to fill up, like playtime just gets knocked off the priority list completely, but it's so important to continue playing, especially for our young, our youth. That's where a lot of learning happens. Huge amount of learning happens in that. We completely underestimate play. And as adults, we do too. But, you know, it's really, really important to play and connecting, you know, back into nature, you know, socializing, doing this, you know, being being one-on-one with our friends, going out, um, prioritizing that. So these are, I call these the seven aliveness habits. So focus, downtime, time in, uh, physical time, sleep time, play time, and connecting time. And I call these like, this is like the, the basics. These are the, this is the wheel of aliveness. These are the things we have. These are the habits that we have to reconnect our kids to as foundational habits for good mind, solid mind, you know, solid body, solid spirits. And um, I think that, uh, it, you know, kids just need to really understand the value. Parents also need to, and champions of youth, the value of these basic habits and practices that I think are foundational to anybody living a successful, content, joyful, you know, life that is full of impact. So if we don't have a steady mind, if we don't have a strong body, you know, if our spirits aren't connected to something greater, I mean, we're not, it's, it's broken. Like it's really flawed. Like we're not going to get, our kids are not going to be um, having that vibrant impact that they want to be having. Um, It's really hard to do that. Fine with my daughter. She's nine. And I have to trick her into a lot of those things as she's, you know, to, to get her off a screen. It's like, hmm, how can I trick her into doing something in nature and fun without saying, Hey, do you just want to go for a hike? Cause she'll say no right away. Cause that's to her, that's work. And I don't have, I don't have to work. So we'll hop on a bike and, and then go out in nature. Now, now it's fun. That's all oh, we're going for a bike ride. Okay. Well, that's different. Exactly. Still exercise, still nature, still exploring. We'll stop. We'll look at things. We'll be curious. And then, you know, she'll come home and say, oh, that was a really great time. Weird. (laughs) No, it's true. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's also an awareness around just that these are the, these are the things that, that move the needle, right? It's like, where do I, where do I put, where do I put my energy? Right. So helping with focus, helping recharge, resting, you know, resting also is getting kicked off of the table, um, right, for, for our kids. And it's so important to learn how to rest. It's a skill as you get older to know how to really rest because sometimes people rest, but it's not rest. They're just lying on a hammock, but they're still problem solving in their minds. I'm guilty of that. Yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go and kick it on a hammock or chill out, but I'm going to solve all of my problems in one hour. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but the mind is still narrating. The mind is still active. The mind isn't turned off and time in as well. We have to watch that when we're reflecting and we're sitting and we're, you know, meditating. Sometimes I do that too. I'm like, okay, great. I'm a moment to go through my to-do list. 
fabulous, <laughs> right? And we start we start using that time to again problem solve and 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 control and put things into order. So rest has to be taught really mindfully, and rest is rest. Rest is you're out of this and you're into this, right? That's rest, and so. You know, we're not scrolling through our phones. A rest, I see my, my son too. He says, oh, I'm resting. He's on his phone scrolling through <laughs> media. I'm like, no, that's not rest. So, so that's really important is to teach proper rest and what that really means. Um, so do you, do you distinguish between like body rest and mind rest? Because for me personally, like when I'm, if I want to give my mind a break, I'll hop on my motorbike and just start driving with no destination and just, I'm in my thoughts, like, or the thoughts are gone. I'm not thinking about business or work or any other problems. I'm just yeah. out there enjoying what I see. Yeah. So for me, that's mind rest, but I'm still doing something, but it's not mindful. Yeah. Yes. I think the kind of rest I'm talking about is the, is resting the mind. Cool. And I think that that's really connected to flow. Like what you just said is really a flow activity. You're just dropping into presence, complete presence. Like there is nothing. And so dancing is that for me. Right. I'm dancing. It's, it's, so when I think about certain activities that I've chosen, like, like ballroom dancing, ballroom dancing hits downtime. I'm out of my, I'm out of my head and I'm in my body. Um, I'm socializing with other people, right? So I'm connecting, I'm playing because it's totally spontaneous and I'm just having a good time. Um, and it's physical, it's movement. So when I finish dancing, so I've just hit, uh, oh, and I'm focusing too, right? Because I have to do patterns and I have to, yeah. I, have to learn, I have to focus on my, on my patterning. So I've just hit like five of the aliveness habits in one activity. And when I come out of dancing, I'm telling you, I am so alive. It's like my brain mm. online. It's, and everything is possible. Everything is. I come out and I'm like, oh my God. It just, it's like whatever I came in with, I don't even remember. I have no clue. It's like a reset. My kid, it's a blank canvas. I start over. <laughs> Everything you're saying is what I hear when people leave CrossFit. They leave right? the gym and they say exactly the same thing. I came in in a bad mood thinking of all these things and I left and I feel great. I'm ready to conquer the world. I'm ready to eat better. I'm ready, whatever it is. Um, same thing. It. It's the same. It's downtime, focus time, physical time, play time, connecting time. Connections, Again, yep. Five of the alignment habits. So your brain is online. That's why it's, you You know, so like neurochemically, like it's, serotonins all the neurochemicals are just they're all firing in the right doses in the right ways and so it's there's a reason for it and um and so i i'm a huge proponent of um finding something that you know you love that you that lights you up um that's with other people you know that's social um and that has core elements of all of these things so it's not too rigid you don't have to be so you know tech 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 but you can you know there's there's a, a a capacity to be flexible within it and you know so you learn like you learn all of these beautiful things that we're talking about and you get curious too and all of these things are built into the activity so i think that's i think it's beautiful for so many reasons 
Awesome. Um, but mentally, like mentally and emotionally, like for sure. I love that. So you've been working with some bright minders for a little while now. What are some of the biggest shifts that you've seen in them? Well, I have to say, so one of the one of the biggest shifts I would say is this disease of never enoughness. And they come in and they're they're not enough. Nothing no matter what they do, it's not enough. <laughs> and when they come into the community, it's like they just beat themselves up. They're just really hard on themselves, really, really hard. And over time, what I notice is this relaxing into just more being, right? Not so much um, focus on the doing part, but a little more value placed on the being part. And, and I notice a lot more compassion. Confidence just goes through the roof. Um, I'd say that's the number one thing is confidence. Um, you just feel it in there, in how they speak. They're able to um, describe experience with more precision. They understand they can orient themselves. They know where they are. They can describe, you know, what it is that they that that they would like. They can. They have well-formed goals. They can, you know, it's just their language is so much more sophisticated, and um, they feel more courageous. So they they take more risks out in the real world. Um, they're able to say no to things that they don't want to do anymore that they were afraid to say no to. And they that's a big one. It's huge, right? They're yeah. setting boundaries, uh, but they're doing it in a way that's not creating conflict, right? Because their energy field is 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 it's just it's becoming more vibrant and more um, connected. Uh, and more kind of, um, I don't know what the word is, but it's it's like they just understand themselves better. They're more, they're just more confident and more trusting. Trust is a big one. They trust themselves more. So they know how to, um, they don't panic as much, right? The panic goes down, anxiety goes down. They don't feel like they're not doing things well and they're not, and they're screwing up or they're going to screw up any minute. It's just this calmness that that starts to come through them and they're able to meet life on life's terms, you know, because this uncertainty for young kids right now, it's really, it can really eat them up. They don't have the skills and the tools to be able to meet uh, uncertainty and unpredictability. And we are living in a world that is largely uncertain and unpredictable right now more than ever so, you know, they're able to, again, swimming in the river, in the middle of the river without drowning, without, you know, being swept downstream. And they've got the skills to stay afloat and to thrive when they don't have all the answers. Um, and so, you know, it's a really beautiful um, experience working with, with these young minds and these young hearts and um, helping them to navigate and build their own internal GPS systems. Yeah. What are the what are the age groups that you work with in that in that group? Yeah, it's sort of like I have anywhere from 17, 18. Um, so older high school, like last year, maybe the second last year, depending on on levels of maturity. Um, you know, and and sort of early 20s, probably like that transition from school to life. Um I have some kids who are a bit older than that. So, you know, and and really it's you know, it's really 
it's really young go-getters. Like it's kids who really have big ambitions and big dreams, big ideas. You know, they kind of have that fire in their belly. They know they want to be and do great things in this life. And they need the, they need the methods and the uh, mindset and the mentorship to help them, um, you know, live in that joyful forward momentum and make that vibrant impact that they crave without all the overwhelm and the self-doubt and the, and the chronic worry, you know, the what ifing and the catastrophe mindsets and, um, you know, the tight chests all the time and the pits in their stomachs, <laughs> like, oh man, you know, I, I can't live, I can't go to sleep at night knowing that, you know, if there's some, something small I can do to help our young kids not feel that, you know, it, it, and it's possible you just there's just a certain skill set certain toolkit and when you learn it and you apply it and you practice it you know it's true what they say you become what you practice absolutely true um alex i like to end uh, all my episodes with one question and that is if you could give this is all about practical resilience so if you could give one tip to our listeners on how to be practically resilient, what would that tip be? Hmm. Great question on how to be practically resilient. I think that... You know, what's coming up for me is um, yeah, practically resilient. That's a great, that's a great coin. Um, I'm just thinking right now because there's a lot of things coming up. Um, you know, I, I really feel like young kids have to remember that they have this fantastic, amazing mind and that it's theirs to own and um and that when you own your mind what you're really doing is you're owning choice and i think to remind yourself that you have choice you always have choice and what you choose to do in any given moment matters and, and that is what is going to connect you to the life that you want to be living and the experience you want to be creating. Awesome. Alex, is there anything that uh, we didn't cover today that you'd like to, to talk about for the last, last little bit here? No, I think this has been really interesting and uh, very curious. So <laughs> I yeah, love asking no. questions. That's the whole point of being a podcast host is ask, <laughs> ask questions and be curious. So I'm actually no, going to make a, a sign and put it right up in front of me here. It just says, be curious and see where that yeah. takes me. Yeah, no, I love it. I, uh, I've really appreciated this chat. I, I really, um, I've really loved being here. So I, I thank you very much for inviting me to, to chat with you today. And yeah, my pleasure listening in. I, uh, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed sharing my message and hopefully something, something has, has resonated along the way. 
I'm sure it will. And you also have your own podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, I have. Go ahead and plug it. Tell, tell our listeners where they can, where they can find you on that. I've got, so I've got a liveness habit, um, which uh, you can find uh, actually you can go to mindmoodalive.com and you can find it on my website. You'll see, you'll see it there. Um, And then also I, I am, I should say that I am starting, I have a new cohort starting for my bright minded community in September um, and doors are opening on September 12th. And so um, it's a brilliant, it's a six month program um, and it's super transformative, immersive, you know, you have time with me, um, you know, we meet a couple times a month, twice, twice a month, every two weeks, and uh, it's coaching sessions and introspective talks, all like rooted in curiosity, and openness and acceptance and love. And uh, um, it's a beautiful space for accountability and like-minded, like-heartedness. So it's a beautiful space to be. So um, I I have a wait list. Uh, maybe at the end, you can put a link or something at the end. Uh, uh, if you want to join the wait list and just learn more about it, then you're welcome to do that and connect with me directly. And I would really love to, to cross paths with you. So Awesome. I will share those links in the show notes for anybody interested. Click through and find out more. Amazing. Awesome, Alex. Thanks again for coming on. It has been a great chat. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next time.